I want to watch it now too. Hello and welcome to episode 20, oh my god, episode 20 of Lousy Beautiful Town, where we like to scream about Star Wars and put our fists through things. I'm one of your hosts, Jess, and I'm joined by the lovely Abby. Hello. Hello. She is your other host, if you didn't catch that. I'm just some (laughs) some random chick she found on Discord, and now I guess I'm here. It's great, you know, like, Discord's good for something, I guess. Um... (laughs) Uh, we are recording a little late. We apologize. And then also I'm going out of town, so I don't know when this episode is going up. Uh, maybe <laughs> we'll tonight. I don't know. Uh-huh. We'll see. Um, maybe this weekend. But uh, it's our big first big milestone, episode 20, which is so exciting. I can't believe yeah. we got here. And we right? actually had a, I mean, I do believe that we had enough stuff to talk about for 20 episodes. because it's us (laughs) right uh and we have plenty more things to talk about for another i don't know how many episodes but at least 69 nice (laughs) (laughs) uh before we get to the news real quick i just think it's very poignant that this week's topic we plan to talk about jen urso (laughs) in light of some things that are being said on Twitter that are very strange. So it, we did not plan this no. to be relevant, but it just happens to be relevant, which is really funny. So we just wanted to talk <laughs> about a character that is like, her story is pretty complete. Like there's not a mm-hmm. show coming out. She's dead. Like <laughs> pretty, pretty sure we're not going to get any more content of her, but who knows? Yeah. You had said that you wanted to do, you're like, let's do a, like a character deep dive. And I was like, cool. And then uh, you were like, who's dead? <laughs> and that, it was, let me read you the conversation between Jeff and I. <laughs> Who is dead aside from Luke and not getting a show or a movie? And I said, Lor Senteca. <laughs> and then Jeff said we could do Jin. And then I said, Jet Lucas Jedi from Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> and then Jeff said, Kit Fisto. Um, I said the Wampa and you said poor Wampa just wanted dinner and then I said yeah Jin's a good idea (laughs) didn't I say Yoda too originally just to piss you off you did say Yoda let's (laughs) talk about Yoda and I was like fuck off (laughs) we're gonna get Yodemption didn't you know I mean it that's why we can't talk about Yoda yet because he's coming back (laughs) I'm upset the original uh, conflict is between Palpatine and Yoda, right? I fucking, <laughs> I fucking, I hate Star Wars. <laughs> Why do we have a Star Wars podcast? I hate it. Oh, gotta take care of my little green guy. Gotta make sure he gets his due because no one likes him. I'm the only one that likes Yoda, so I gotta defend him when I can. Yeah, you're the only one who likes Yoda and doesn't like Ewoks. 
that true? Is there anyone else that doesn't like Ewoks? I feel like I put a poll up on the Rep Matters Twitter, and there were a few no's, but maybe it was just me was the only no, and I didn't <laughs> count the vote. It, it was you on the Rep Matters account. It was you on Lousy Beautiful Town. It was you on your personal. It was you on your private. <laughs> the perks of having more than one Twitter account I have access yeah. to. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Um so we got a lot of news, well not a lot, two things, but it's a lot of news norm it's a lot more news than we normally get about like on the representation side of things, which is exciting. Mm-hmm. Um and one of them is that in Delilah Dawson's new book Black Spire, uh the main character Vi um, and she was in the the Phasma book as well, is Ace, apparently. Ooh. I don't know. We haven't read the book, but we I've I saw it on Twitter. I did too, and I saw a couple people do write ups of it, um, who are Ace. And yeah. so and I d I didn't read it because I didn't want to get spoiled for the book. <laughs> so right, 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 right. I was like, I'll read that when I finish the book, which I just got it from the library, so oh, it should nice. be soon. Yeah. Um yeah, that's really exciting. Um, I know there was some controversy around the Phasma novel when it came out because Delilah um, was a very well-meaning white woman. Uh, insinuated, I, I don't think it was actually like in the book, but I think she mentioned something on Twitter about how she like thinks of Phasma as ace, which ace, ace is asexual in case you didn't know that. Um, yeah. And um, there was a lot of controversy around that because people in the ace community were like, well, that's not good representation because there's already like a stereotype of like sociopaths being asexual and like um, Phasma is is essentially like this kind of like sociopathic, murderous, evil person. And to make her ace is like not great. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And Delilah was like, like, fighting back on it like she was kind of defending yeah. her uh her place which was not great like you should listen to the community that is telling you how it is and how they want to be represented but it seems like she listened so mm-hmm. um that's exciting that that makes me feel better um yeah. about reading this so I'm excited to see like what it's about and then read um read uh, all the write-ups that I've seen about the ace representation and we'll have to um like when we finally get around to talking either about Black Spire or Vi as a person, um, we'll have to get somebody who's ace. Yes. To join there's, us. There's quite a few people in the Star Wars community that are ace, so yes. a lot to choose from. Um, the other piece of news, which is super exciting, Yay. is that Julia Jones, who is a black native woman, is going to be in The Mandalorian. Wow. Um, so we, yeah, uh, we have native representation and she's black. I don't want to erase that, but like native, there's a native person in Star Wars. Like that's crazy. Right? Native Twitter was going nuts. It was amazing. Yes. Um, if you don't know who she is, she was in Twilight and then she was also in Westworld. You'll recognize her if you see a picture of her. She's gorgeous. Yeah. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> yeah that was also a thing young abby watching twilight and going oh she's she's very pretty <laughs> oh no yeah. i can't remember what tribe she's from i looked it up like when the casting announcement oh. came out and i did not i don't remember what tribe but it's still very exciting um oh my god like this show is like 
knocking it out of the park with the casting. I just wish there were a little bit more. I mean, it's I don't know if she's playing like a main character. It doesn't seem like she is. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I'm ho- I'm hoping with like Ming Na and her, like we get a, a few more women of color and maybe some queer rep in the show. That would be amazing. But, I'm excited. Um, like at this point, like I, I, at this point, I know I've hammered this in. I don't care about the story of Mandalorian right now because they haven't really given me a reason to care. But I'm so fucking watching the show for the representation. Yeah, for like real. We I, need I, to come out in droves and support yes. this for sure. Like I, I want Lucasfilm to see like yes, this is worth investing in because I'm gonna watch the shit out of this show. Yeah, for sure. Which kind of upsets me because I don't feel like they've been marketing it very well. And it's coming out in like two months? November, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Literally two months from tomorrow. Like, why are there not commercials and like trailers all over the place for this? Yeah. Um, it's just it very interesting me. that this seems to be a trend of very diverse shows uh, not getting the advertisement that they deserve. Yeah, resistance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And then also just Netflix is notorious for that too. Like shows get canceled all the time with diverse casts and diverse uh, uh, showmaker or show runners, show runners, mm-hmm. <laughs> showmakers. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they just get canceled because they don't, no one watches them because they're not advertised well. To be fair, yeah. the Netflix algorithm, like the user interface for like the homepage is awful. Like I can never find anything unless I'm like actually use like the search option. That could be yeah. fixed. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was like when um, To All the Boys I've Loved Before came out. And like everybody was so fucking hyped for it. I could see it on my homepage. Yeah. I had to look for it too. It wasn't like, ad- it wasn't advertised as like, it's like it was this opening weekend and it wasn't even on the homepage as being like, hey, this is on. I do think that Always Be My Maybe was up on the homepage. Yeah, I remember that because I was like, yes, I will watch this. Yeah. Also, excuse me, you saw Ali Wong. Yes, I did. Oh, I'm so <laughs> fucking jealous. Um, she's fucking great live and she's so foul and amazing. <laughs> she's our kind of gal. <laughs> she is. She's great. Um, it was we went to the 10 p.m. showing, which is pretty late for me and Billy to be out, especially like <laughs> Billy worked all weekend, so he like went to work all day and then we went drove to downtown LA and then we went home and then he had to go to work in the morning again. So it's like, <laughs> Poor Billy. yeah, but, um, we were just like dying laughing the whole time, like sweating, crying, like it was great. And the guy that opened for her, um, I'm always excited to find new comedians that are like lesser known because you can go to their shows in LA and they're cheaper. <laughs> you don't yeah. have to, you know, it's not like an Ali Wong show where it's like, I mean, these tickets weren't super expensive, but we were sitting like up in the nosebleeds. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not like, you know, over a hundred dollars for a ticket, like on the floor. Yeah. Um, so this guy's name is Shang Wong and he's uh Taiwanese. So it's spelled like S H E N G W A N G. Um, and he was, fucking hilarious like he's from Houston he lives in LA he's like an older Asian guy he's like in I think he's in his like late 30s early 40s but he just like killed the opening and I was like I need to go see this guy now when he's around LA because he's great and he's endorsed by Ali Wong (laughs) yeah well duh yeah but yeah she's great uh highly recommend um I mean that show was completely sold out the entire weekend the entire two weekends I think 
Um, but yeah, if she's in tour on tour in your area, the milk and money tour, go see it. It's good. Mm. And if you have, if you are like, who the fuck are you talking about? Ali Wong has two, yeah, two specials on Netflix, um, which are a hundred percent worth your time to rewatch over and over and over and over. Oh yeah. (laughs) And she's pregnant in both of them. It's really funny. She's so her opening like joke was talking about like, uh, fan pussy versus fan dick and she's like fan pussy is great like all these young hot girls are like all over you like the comedian dudes are you know they have they're living it up fan dick is terrifying <laughs> she's like mm-hmm. I did both of my Netflix specials pregnant and I had dudes in my DMs being like I want to take you home <laughs> and she's oh like my God. oh no <laughs> <laughs> and like she pretty openly talks about her husband often <laughs> yeah exactly he was there at the show that night too and it, she She's making fun of him because he like went to Harvard Business School and yep. he was working the merch table. At the- <laughs> I love it. I love I love it so much that she's just like, I'm the breadwinner and I'm the mm-hmm. boss and I'm nasty. I'm a nasty hoe. I love it. She's great. <laughs> she's our kind of woman. Yes. Um. Yeah. Great news for representation. Why, why did we start talking about Ali Wong? Oh, I'll always do my maybe. <laughs> I was just like, where did that come from? Netflix. That's why. Um, yeah, great news for representation. I'm super excited about all of the things. Um, speaking of Vi and Black Spire, we're doing our first giveaway as a Ooh. podcast for our 20th episode. And... Um, we have a copy of Black Spire by Delilah S. Dawson and A Crash of Fate by Zoraida Cordova. Um, and you could win one or the other. There's going to be two winners. So um, you need to leave a five-star review um, and screenshot it and let us know who you are. And then we'll pick someone at random uh, before next episode we record and you could win. Um, we'll go over that again before the end of the episode, but yep. it was kind of relevant. All right, so let's get into the meat of of our our theme of the lousy beautiful town theme of the oh it's not weekly anymore of the <laughs> two weeks <laughs> week but two <laughs> oh lord um so just as a disclaimer we are going to be talking about spoilers from the movie Rogue One. Rebel Rising and the solo novelization. So if you don't want to be spoiled for any of those things, please do not listen to the rest of the episode. Go back to the very end when we're done and listen about to the giveaway information so that you can win a copy of one of these books. Also, both of these books are written by women and one of them is a woman of color. So you should support them. Anyway, (laughs) I'm all over the place tonight. I'm sorry. I had a lot of coffee today. Um, (laughs) And I, my, I changed my meds today, too. So that's great. Oh, well, yeah, that'll do it. <laughs> um, Jin or so. Or just oh, like, and also there's spoilers for Catalyst. I just realized Oh, that's that. right. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about um, that. Yeah. But uh, it's like, okay, y'all, these books have been out for a long time. Like, <laughs> shush. And if you haven't read Catalyst or Rebel Rising, you really should, <clears throat> Abby. Um, Shut up! <laughs> Catalyst is probably one of my favorite canon novels. It's so good. Um, and Rebel Rising is a good, I think it's YA. I'm pretty sure it's YA. Yeah. It's a good YA novel. Um, yeah. Jin, 
I love Jin. Anyway. <laughs> okay. So, um, let's go back in time to 21 BBY. Wow. I didn't even, that's not even in the notes. You just know that. <laughs> I just, I remembered it from looking on Wikipedia list. <laughs> Damn, you're the real Star Wars um, fan on this podcast. <laughs> I'm coming for your job, Alex of Star Wars Explained. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Um, anyway, so Jin was born towards the end of the Clone Wars in a separatist prison, which I always thought was very, very interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, her parents, Galen and Lyra, were captured by the separatists, um, and held within a prison on a very, like, fucking cold planet, I guess, like every other planet in Star Wars that's not a desert, um, (laughs) (laughs) because Galen wouldn't tell them his research on kyber crystals yeah um and so Jin was born in a separatist prison um and, and they were the actually story... oh, sorry go ahead. ahead i was gonna no. say they were rescued by um by krennic too that's like why yes they, why they were friends yes <laughs> um so you know krennic and galen were tight pretty early on um a majority of catalyst is about Galen and Krennic. Um, we do get a lot of Lyra, though, which is the best part of that book. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, at some point within the book, Lyra um, starts traveling around the galaxy with a group of other people doing a whole bunch of like environmental stuff. Uh, and she takes Jin with her. And I don't know. That was really cool to me. Like, yeah, yeah look at you being a working mom. <laughs> well, also, she's like an expert. She studies um, kyber crystals like in their natural environment. And so she's mm-hmm. she's kind of like a like a geologist within her own right. And she's like very well known in her field. And like Galen's kind of studying the same thing, but in a different setting. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like like Lyra or Lyra. um God, Jen is exposed to these like two brilliant parents that and it's like her mom wasn't just like serving her dad and his career like she was doing her own thing too which is yeah. cool and like also really important for Star Wars to show yeah that like <laughs> wow this this woman's mom is more than just a mom <laughs> she can be a mom a wife and have a career yep she can do it all do it all wish Rebels could show something like that with Hera <clears> but <throat> Mm-hmm. Too late now. Anyway, mm-hmm. I'm not bitter. Anyway. Not at all. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, flash forward, uh, to, I think, like, when Jin is, like, eight years old, and we are at the, quote-unquote, prologue of Rogue One, where Jin, Galen, and Lyra are living on La Mu, and being simple farmers, and shit goes down. And yeah. Jin is forced well not necessarily forced but she has to watch her mother die in front of her and her father be taken away and has to go and crawl into this rock thing (laughs) and just wait yeah until saw Guerrera shows up yeah and the reason that saw is even there is he was connected through like a friend of Mm -hmm. lira's that she met doing her environmental shit her work and um, they started to realize that, like, Galen's work was probably not great. And, like, all these mm-hmm. things didn't start adding up. And they realized they couldn't trust Krennic anymore. And so um, Saw was able to um, get them off Coruscant and get them to Lama and put them into hiding. So he was kind of, like, their their safe, their their safety 
I don't know yeah. if I'm look, the term I'm looking for, but um, in, in case the Empire found them, like he was their backup. Um, yeah. To get Lyra and Jin away, um, but that's not how the plan went. <laughs> nope. Because, well, you know, Lyra's got a mind of her own. But also, Where... Star Wars just has to kill off all the moms, so. Yep. Oh, yeah, she had mom disease. Yeah, because, you know, a mother would just leave her daughter in the bushes and go run after to shoot the man who is mm-hmm. trying to take her husband away. That's mm-hmm. a yeah. thing that would happen. Leave her nothing but a kyber crystal and say trust in the force and be like, peace. Good gotta luck. Go, gotta go shoot this dude. <laughs> Which I know it's gonna him. end. Poor- yeah. To be fair. <laughs> Which oh, we should bring that back up later because that's very that happens again towards the end of the movie and it's very like full circle. Mirror. It's like mirroring. What is it? Yeah, that's the word. Mirror. <laughs> Mirror. It's like poetry. It rhymes. Yes. So, anyways, then we get some fun times with Saw. Um, in which Saw Gerrera unexpectedly becomes a dad. <laughs> <laughs> Not exactly dad material, let us just mm, No. Like, I like Saw Gerrera. Saw Gerrera is not a good dad. <laughs> yeah. Um, in Rebel Rising, he it, it's a very, like, sweet relationship that they have. Like, he trains her to, like, defend herself and to be able to, you know, engage in like physical hand-to-hand combat and then she like learns how to like forge documents and stuff like that so she can help him but he's very protective of her like he doesn't Mm -hmm. want her going on the missions um and she's like I'm ready and he's like no I can't risk it like he's Mm -hmm. like you're like my daughter I love you and it's really sweet like there is affection and love there even though it seems like he's not like that later <laughs> yeah 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 i don't know why i keep saying yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Jin becomes part of the partisans at the age of eight like I, I had to throw this in because all of a sudden i remembered it that Jin has met enfys nest she met her when she was like amazing. 11 years old um enfys was mean this is the spoilers for solo novelization and Fist was meeting with Saw to do, I don't know, do some sort of deal or whatever. And he brought Jin along. And Emphis is like, what the fuck are you doing bringing this small child to our meeting? And he's just like, do you think the Empire is going to care that she's young? Like, I, I'm trying to prepare her and stuff like that. Um, and so then Emphis and Jin have this really cool exchange that I fucking love. So I'm going to read it real quick. Enfys asks, do you think that your youth protects you? No, Jin said flatly. You're right. You're smart. Still, they're going to underestimate you. Make them regret it. The girl's eyes narrowed as if the threat were right behind them. They? Everyone, Enfys said. Make them regret it. And I feel like Jin just has carried that with her throughout the rest of her life. Absolutely. Oh, I need to see this on screen. Right. right? Also, I forgot to put this in, but like in one in the Rogue One comic adaptation, in like some flashbacks that Jin is having of her time with Saw, she and Saw went to Yavin 4 together when she was very young. And Saw spoke with Bail Organa, and Bail had young Leia with him, too. Motherfucker. Right? Ah! 
why can't we have this on screen? It's really all we ask But, like, then I'm just thinking, like, these two young girls who are in very similar positions, where they are, like, the children, basically, of these two rebel leaders, just in very different positions of privilege. And and the outcomes of their story, because of that privilege, are very, very interesting. But, yeah, I love Make Them Regret It. Oh, my God. Put Emphasis Nest in fucking everything, because... Yes. And I now I want to read the solo novelization just for that part. No, it's not worth it. Don't do it. Just, read that part. <laughs> <laughs> just come back to the notes and read this and you'll be good. I, I got chills like when you read that. Like, do you want to fill us in kind of? Um, yeah, because all the rest where of the stuff happens in Rebel Rising, which you have not read. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm currently reading Master and Apprentice. So oh, I. OK. Yeah. Well, I, that's fine. Even though Rebel so, Rising's been uh, out for like 10 years, but whatever. Shut <laughs> up! <laughs> I'm just kidding. You're such a butt. Uh, um, so, the as we know from Rogue One, Saw dumps her when she's 16, like, in a bunker. He leaves her, like, with a gun. And basically, like, they um, were betrayed by someone on their team. And mm-hmm. he, that guy, found out who um, Jen was related to, that he, she was related to Galen, because I think he was a spy or something within the Empire. I can't remember exactly. Um, I don't remember the details exactly. But basically, he was going to, like, like rat them out and, like, use her, like, get some money out of it type of thing. And so, so mm-hmm. I was, like, you know, being protective dad, but also trying to protect his partisans, too. And he didn't know what side Galen was on at this point, so he didn't know, like, safe to try to contact him or anything. Um, and so he just leaves her for dead, and, like, the entire team leaves, and she's just left there alone mm-hmm. again. And she's just like, what the fuck? And so she has to, like, make a life for herself. And so she, like, manages to get a ship, and she flies off into a different planet. And then there's, like, no empire on this planet. And she finds, like, a peaceful life. And she ends up working for this this woman who, she's kind of a smuggler. <laughs> we'll say she's a smuggler, <laughs> essentially. <laughs> um, but she has a son, and um, she had a daughter. Her daughter passed away. And so Jen kind of becomes her, like, surrogate daughter. And she helps forge documents for her so that she can smuggle better. And then her and the son fall in love. And it's really sweet. They have this, like, really sweet, like, teenage romance. And then the Empire comes to the planet. And Mm. it screws everything up. And, like, the smuggling operation, like, can't continue. So they decide to evacuate. And um, Jen is on a separate ship from the mom and the son. And she watches their ship get blown up by the Empire. And it's just like, well, fuck. I guess I'm on my own again. (laughs) It's really sad really sad so the rest she her the rest of her life or at least up until the events of rogue one is her just kind of wandering the galaxy like um getting work as like a document forger and a slicer and she you know she ends up on the space station and i don't know just like what you would expect from like a fugitive life essentially and she uses Mm -hmm. all these pseudonyms and she becomes liana halleck and then the the um uh the Empire picks her up eventually. They find her and they put her in that prison. And then mm-hmm. the Rebellion rescues her because they, mm-hmm. well, kind of, <laughs> they really need is 
they they know her relationship obviously to her father but also to saw and so yeah. they need her for oh is for that, that that's why you put relationship to her dad's yes <laughs> <laughs> i was like what <laughs> yes she has dad's yeah, it's like she's Literally. the daughter of Gail and Urso, but also, like, she is essentially the daughter of Saw Guerrera, and they need, yeah, you know, they need someone from, from Saw, so. Yeah. And then everyone should know the events of Rogue One at this point. She dies. <laughs> <laughs> she dies. Spoiler alert, she dies. With honor and glory and all the tears in the world, and she completes her mission, and it's great. And the entire... Skywalker saga happens because of her. She is a metaphor for Ben Solo. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. There's this video. This is really off topic. I'm sorry. There's this video <laughs> and I'll post it on Twitter when this episode airs. So you guys know what I'm talking about. But there's like, it's like a classroom. I think it's like kindergarten or something. The teacher comes out and she's like, hey, everybody. How's everybody doing? And everyone's like, yeah, we're good. And this little boy goes, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone kind of goes, hey, hey. And she's like, do you need to leave? And he's like, no, bitch. It's <laughs> <laughs> like the funniest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> I have to oh, my God. Wait. Okay. So now. Okay. Sorry. This is still off topic because now that reminded me of a video of this family from the uk like in a car going through some sort of nature thing where there's monkeys like just roaming around oh god <laughs> little kid goes the little kid goes monkey on the car and because there's a monkey just sitting on their car and they're like yeah there's a monkey on the car and he just goes fuck off <laughs> and then he pukes everywhere so that's even better <laughs> uh, fuck off uh, yeah. I say that all the time and be like, monkey on the car, fuck off. <laughs> when little kids say the F word, it's the best. Oh, it's so <laughs> funny. And I have to pretend to reprimand them for it when I'm really like, fuck yeah, kid. Uh, this is why I can't be a parent. I would just laugh at all this <laughs> shit. I'd be like, you're fucking hilarious. Say that again. I need to record it. <laughs> no, Actually, let me send it to you now so you can enjoy this and then I'll let oh, this okay. out. <laughs> Have you ever seen the vine where it's this little kid on a bus and like these kids are yelling and he goes, parents, excuse my potty mouth. And then turns back to all the kids and goes, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> I love when kids swear. Okay, let's see. Let's see this video. That dad just comes and yeets him up. I know. <laughs> well, because you know the dad. Uh, someone talks like that at home, and it's probably dad. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's not good. Oh um, boy. You want to talk about trauma? I guess. <laughs> <laughs> the title of this episode is going to be "Shut the fuck up." That's all I can think about. That's going to be my response to everything you say now. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. No, bitch. <laughs> it's like it's like Jin talking to Credit and she's like, "Shut the fuck up." And then Cassie and shoots him and he's like, "No, bitch." <laughs> it's so it's applicable for so many situations in Star Wars. It's like the perfect video for everything. <laughs> 
Anakin's like, I'm gonna jump, and then Obi-Wan's like, shut the fuck up, and then Anakin jumps, and he's like, no, bitch! <laughs> Slice. <laughs> Palpatine's like, you will die. <laughs> and Vader's like, shut the fuck up! It like lifts him over to throw him to yeet him down the Death Star no, garbage chute. <laughs> Palpatine's gonna come back in Rise of Skywalker and be like, "Shut the fuck up, no, bitch." <laughs> I'm gonna have to edit all of this out because no one knows what we're talking about. No, keep it in. It's great. <laughs> oh my god I don't even know where to go now <laughs> now that we've said shut the fuck up and no bitch we have to talk about trauma oh lord alright let's get serious no bitch I'm now. <laughs> <laughs> so trauma <laughs> What's the deal with trauma? <laughs> oh, God. She is just a pile of trauma. A steaming mm-hmm. pile of trauma. <laughs> <laughs> That's a big fucking mood. <laughs> right? Um, she's either been abandoned by everybody or everybody has ki- been killed that she loves mm-hmm. right in front of her. From her mm-hmm. mother to her father's to her lover and her surrogate mother to her friends. It fucking hurts. Yeah. And as good of a father, well, he's not a good father. Well, as as good an intention of a father saw was, like, he made her into a child soldier, which is not great. Yeah. But I mean, like, I understand his mentality because yes. she's the daughter of an imperial scientist and we they don't know where his loyalties lie. And she needed to be able to defend herself, even though she's so young. It's like, unfortunately, she was born into this position and it really sucks. But mm-hmm. Saw gave her the tools to survive. Well, I think it's I, I, I want to go back to my um, Leia Jin comparison, because yeah. like we can argue that both of them became child soldiers like Leia much later in her life. But still, like she was like 16 when she started her involvement in the rebellion. She was a spy. Like, <laughs> like right. Like 16 is fucking young. Yeah. Like, you don't feel that way when you're 16. You're like, Daddy, I'm 16. I'm so old and I want to give up my legs to go and talk to a boy. You're like, shut uh, the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't know myself. <laughs> I was like, like, no, bitch. <laughs> Christ. Anyway. <laughs> But 16 years old is really fucking young to get involved in a fucking war. Yeah. But again, like that it gets into that um that privilege topic of like Jin had to be the down and dirty child soldier. Well, yeah. I mean, like I'm not saying any of Leia's child soldier stuff was easy, but like she got to go home to a intact family. Yeah. To a, a palace, palace. <laughs> to a, a droid that would take care of her every want and need. And would braid her um, hair. Yep. <laughs> I want a droid to braid my hair. Right? I'm not good at braiding my hair. My mom's a hairstylist. That's sad. My mom's my droid who braided my hair. 
fuck is wrong with <laughs> I think, too, like, when we're comparing Leia to Jen, like, yeah, Leia joined the Rebellion when she was 16, but she was, like, surrounded by people, and she had support yeah. and mentors. Like, Mon Mothma was, like, mentoring her, essentially, to be, like, a spy in the Senate. And Jen was, like, a soldier <clears throat> up to the age of 16, and then she was abandoned. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. And she was all on her own, like completely at the age of 16, like no one to turn to had to figure out what she was going to do to hide from the empire and to hide from saw because she was like, fuck you. I think that other thing too is like a lot of people seem to not see character development in Jin, like within rogue mm-hmm. one, which I don't quite understand, which whatever that's, if they don't see it, I feel like that's not a failing on them. That's a failing on the writers, which mm-hmm. I'm totally fine with putting blame on them but I don't see I don't feel the same way so yeah Yeah, same um but when you do read all this like ancillary material you realize that like you realize that like the fact the reason that Jen is so cold and closed off is because she's literally lost everyone that she's loved and even throughout Rogue One she's like losing everyone that she's loved and she is still able to fight for what's right and to like have be passionate about something and that's really Mm -hmm. meaningful as another woman who has lost people that she loves and has been traumatized (laughs) when Mm -hmm. I I know that's hard to do that's hard to like care and feel about things and I feel like we see that progression like that mental health trauma progression Mm -hmm. like within her arc so I was just gonna say like to comment on the I don't know about you but in terms of like people who have told me that they're like I don't see the character development engine a lot of the people who have I've talked to within my personal life of that are men. Yeah. Like, I don't know if that's a similar thing for you or not. It um, is. I've talked to a few people on Twitter that are women that feel the same mm-hmm. way, too. And I yeah. think in that case, it's they feel like there could have been better writing yeah. for her, which I completely agree. Like, Jen yes, could uh, 10 out of 10 would agree. Yeah. And I think it's that is more of the complaint rather than like, I don't like Jen because she's a woman. Like, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm, I, I'm just thinking of like the amount of conversations I've had with men that are like, I just don't see how Jin progressed as a character. Like, all of a sudden, like I put in our notes, Jin's quote unquote change of heart, and then in parentheses, which is dumb, it wasn't. Yeah, where they're like, all of a sudden, she's going from it's not a problem if you don't look up to we have to go to Scarif, and it's just like, I don't understand how you don't see the progression of somebody who's just try it's. It's self-defense. Yeah. Like, she's just trying to keep herself afloat and alive. And, like, it's a coping mechanism. Completely. Yeah. If it if it takes her to say it's not a problem if you don't look up, like, that's the thing. And, like, she has, she's been abandoned by everyone she's ever loved. It's not really material. You see that in three separate people. Yeah. Like, Galen is taken. Lyra willingly leaves her. Because she was written by men. Um, <laughs> saw She's like, come with me. And he's like, no, I will run no longer. And so, I mean, she's she's watched all of her loved ones die. Yeah. And all of a sudden, not all of a sudden, but over the progression of a movie, she finds people that care about her yeah. and her well-being and trust her and invite her to trust them. and. That's what gets her to be like, I can be a rebel again. Yeah. I have people to care about again. I have people who care about me again. Oh, 
It's so powerful. Right? Like that that closing off that isolation is such a coping mechanism. Yeah. Especially for women. Oh my god, yes. I super relate to Jen in this because not only like did I go through like a horrible depressive episode where I was just like, I have no feelings. I feel nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but also it's it's really hard living right now in these political times where we're mm. bombarded with news stories about violence against women, um, our government wanting to take away women's rights. Like our president is a fucking like misogynist rapist and Mm -hmm. no one seems to care and no there's no consequences for any of this and that's sending the message that like no one cares about women so you better care about yourself and so it's kind of like I used to be an extremely like I was always reading news about politics and foreign policy and really up on it and I just can't anymore because I just to care is like too much right now because Mm -hmm. it doesn't feel like any any of my passion or like um any of any my any of my effort my emotional effort and anger it, it nothing happens there's no consequences mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and so it's just easier to not care right now because if i care too much i might implode <laughs> yeah no for real and i know a lot of women feel that way right now it's just like my dad comes over and wants to talk politics and I'm like, I honestly have no idea what Donald Trump has said in like the last month mm-hmm. because I just can't, mm-hmm. I can't listen to him and I can't even read what he says. It's too like, it's too much. It's hard. Like, it's just, I remember somebody a long time ago, either posted on Twitter or Tumblr about how they were having a conversation with their therapist <laughs> um, and their therapist had made a really good point of like, we are not, made to be able to take in this much tragedy all at once like the internet has made that possible where we can see major tragedy major uh, violation to human rights awful terrible horrible things natural disasters at the tip of our fingers yeah like every hour on the hour you can figure out what's going on in a completely different country like, you couldn't do that, like, 40, 50 years ago. Yeah. And so our brain isn't made to handle <clears throat> that much trauma and that much tragedy all at one time. And so to expect anybody to be up to date on everything, to be constantly talking about it, to show that they care, is absolutely ridiculous. And if you're like, you need to be constantly talking about this issue to show you care, like that's something that you need to reflect on yourself with and understand, like, just because I'm not talking about X, Y, Z doesn't mean I'm not caring. It's just because I'm fucking tired. Yeah. And it's okay. So this is where I have trouble because I obviously live a pretty privileged life. Like we're Americans. Mm -hmm. We're pretty insulated from a lot of terrible things that are happening. We're citizens. Like you're white. I am Asian, but I'm, you know, like pretty financially okay. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be deported. I'm not a brown Asian. Like lots of things. Like I, you know, I live in California. I've access to like women's health no matter what. Like I can go to Mexico and do that shit too. Like if I really needed Mm -hmm. it. Um, so it's like, I can say this, we can say this and be like, it's just too much. Like we can't care all the time, but it's like, mm-hmm. this is really in really like, 
her confrontation, Jin's confrontation with Cassian has so much mm. meaning because he's the guy, he's the kid who has no choice but to care all the time because that is his life. His survival yeah. depends on caring. Like, and yeah. he is using this, his anger at the situation in the world to fight and to rebel and he's done terrible things for it. And that's what you have to do sometimes. And mm -hmm. so it's like him calling Jin on that privilege of like, I mean, let's be fair. Jin is basically an orphan and homeless, like not mm -hmm. as much privilege there, but like symbolically, like for her mm -hmm. to be able to be like, I, you know, doesn't, it doesn't, it's not a problem if you don't look up and it's like, well, it's never been a problem for you because, you know, you shut yourself off and mm -hmm. you you chose yeah. to do that. Um, meanwhile, like everyone's survival galaxy depends on us fighting. Um, yeah. So it's like really hard, to, like as like mm -hmm. a human being with a full time job and a family to like be able to find that balance. It's like I'm not a fucking freedom fighter. Like I'm mm -hmm. not Antifa. Like I I need to pay my bills. Like. <laughs> Yeah, you know, so, but like that conversation is so important because they both need to be acknowledged, and it's like it's mm -hmm. okay to like protect yourself from like being mm -hmm. overwhelmed, but it's it's like also we need to fight for things that are important. Absolutely. So it's like you need yeah, both. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, yeah, and uh, that's a good follow up to my. You need to ask yourself like, it's like if you are the person on the receiving end of that, you need to ask yourself am I removing myself from the situation because I need to self-care right now so that I can fight yeah or or am I just choosing to lay down and not fight and not care and go under the guise of well I just need to take care of myself yeah because you can you have that option when yeah. other people don't it's a hard it's a hard line to walk sometimes sometimes I feel guilt I feel guilt all time actually um, about this yeah i'm catholic i always feel guilty am i am i doing enough all yeah. the time god i love my therapist because we talk about this stuff all the time i hope you guys mm. talk about it with your therapists too oh yeah oh yeah i mean that i'm gonna get into something real quick that's a big difference between somebody that i have found within my field that it's a difference between people who are counselors and people who are social workers mm, it's I like the that. social workers are we're always I, or at least i am i'm always talking about the macro yeah because there's um, the context matters so yeah. much yeah i always say to people like yeah like cbt is super fucking important to be able to teach or like dbt or whatever curriculum you're teaching to your kid but if your kid suddenly loses insurance like my skill to teach them how to cope with their their triggers and how to reframe their thoughts and how to engage in positive distress tolerance like goes down the drain yeah because they can't afford to see me then yeah it means nothing if they don't have the intro charlie stop coughing <laughs> i'm having a serious moment here where i'm talking about insurance and capitalism <laughs> i know you Shut are a dog and don't up. <laughs> Charlie's like, no, bitch. <laughs> oh, my God. But, yeah, like, it just, it means jack shit if they don't have access to care. Yeah. Um, 
And that's something I feel like a lot of mental health professionals don't think about because they just think about the micro practice. And that's what I like about social work. So that's me stepping off my social work soapbox. Also, people don't live in a vacuum. Like, mm. if you're a woman of color going to therapy, like the the way that the world treats you and sees you shapes like what you think about yourself. Absolutely. Like, that should be a conversation. But I'm just a client. What do I know? <laughs> no, you're absolutely fucking right. <laughs> uh, but this is why I love Jen and I love Jen and Cassian because this mm-hmm. conversation is so important. And I don't feel like the writers of Rogue One knew what they were writing when they wrote the scene. Like, really, what it symbolizes. You know what I mean? Like, I feel yeah. like there's so much to this that, like, yeah. white man could not tap into. Yeah. No, I think that, I feel like they just wrote it and they were like, yeah, that sounds good. And then we're, like, <laughs> dissecting it in a fucking podcast. Yeah. I feel like a lot of, of like, Star Wars is like that, though. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, right. It's not that deep, but we make it deep. <laughs> it's all the Star Wars creators going like, shut the fuck up. And all the podcasters going, no, bitch. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Aside from the confrontation with Kit, hang on, I'm going to pour myself some wine. Um, yeah, that's a good amount. <laughs> Aside from that confrontation with Cassian, um, one of my favorite moments of... The whole movie is Jin's call to action, her big speech on Yavin 4. I always always love doing the, what chance do we have? The question is what choice? (laughs) And then Chris always tells me to shut up. My (laughs) impersonations aren't very good. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, like, no, bitch. Um. But I think that's a really fucking poignant moment. The the what chance do we have? Yeah. Um the what chance do we have what choice is is the poignant part for me as as a as a social worker. Yeah. <laughs> um there's always that feeling of like, well, what the fuck am I doing that's making what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> yeah. You know, what what's what's the chance here? And and then you get to the the question is what choice like what choice do I have other than to fight for my clients rights to fight for my kids to I feel like I think I've I don't remember if I've talked about this on the pod before but there's this quote from um that that goes around in the social work field of like we can keep digging our clients out of the ditch and out of the ditch and out of the ditch but at one point at what point is it easier to just fix the ditch and I feel like that that goes into the what what choice? Fucking fix the ditch. Steal the Death Tart plans. <laughs> <laughs> I think, too, it's, like, just from an activist point of view, like, yeah, like what choice do you have if yeah. you don't do the work? You can't expect someone else to take that up. And people's lives are on the line. Trans women are being killed in this country through hate crimes all the fucking time. Like, mass shootings. Mass mm-hmm. shootings in synagogues, mass shootings in temples, like, what the fuck? In yeah. mosques, like, what choice do we have? Because people are dying. I mean, that's real life, but, like, within Star Wars, it's the same thing. It's like, what choice do they have? Like, if they don't fight against the Empire, who will? Yeah. Fuck. God. 
Rogue One is so good. I need to rewatch it. Let's rewatch it. Let's do a commentary on Rogue One. Yes, please. And we'll just like, which is just us going. Yeah, I was going to say, it's us crying and being like, I love the bee. (laughs) You have this quote here. Yeah. It was, I found it on Wikipedia when I was going through. I'm like, okay, I just want to make sure that I'm hitting points in Jen's life that we can talk about. Um, And in like the behind the scenes part of the Wikipedia article, there was this quote from Mon Mothma that I think, I don't, I don't know what it's from, um, but it was Mon Mothma saying, Jin, I think, never knew the effect she had on others, never realized the intensity of her own humanity or the presence she brought to the room. She was, as expected, troubled and quarrelsome. She was also impossible to ignore or forget. Yeah, I love that. I do too. <laughs> oh, I want to know where that's from. Let's see. I wonder if, if it's from the, it. the novelization. The Rogue One novelization is excellent, by the way. So I good. If you read it. Oh, you haven't? It's my favorite novelization out of all of them. I want to so bad. I just. I know. Too many books. I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> Does some rando just put this shit on Wikipedia? I really no. like this quote, though. <laughs> like. No, because, like, there's a whole... Okay, so I found, like, somebody had posted the thing on Tumblr, because it has that part, and then there after that it goes, in her short life, she had seen relentless hardship and become hard herself, but her fire shone bright. Oh. It's become fashionable in some quarters to claim Jin Erso went to Scarif, intending to die a martyr, that she realized she had lost everything and chose her path by its inevitable end. I will dispute this claim until my own dying days. I think Jin fully recognized who she was and sought a way to channel her best and worst impulses, her darkest moments, and her brightest toward a cause worthy of her true incandescence. In a kinder universe, she would have walked away from Scarif. I cannot imagine who she would have become, but I think she would have been extraordinary. I am grateful I knew her, no matter how short the time. Oh my god. I need, I'm, I need a drink. (laughs) I feel the same, Mon Mothma. I'm so glad I knew her. (laughs) Sounds crazy. But like, even the one film we got her in, like, she's so meaningful. Okay. And on the, I know this is kind of on a different note, but on the note of like, there's no character development, like she goes from like, not caring about shit to like becoming a leader and being like, hey guys let's give this pep talk and may the force be with us like let's Mm -hmm. do it like (laughs) that's huge yeah and that just shows that like it's that whole like going from like I can't handle it protecting myself coping mechanism to like okay this matters I want to fight for this like what Mm -hmm. choice do we have Sagarir once said a man with a man with a sharp stick and nothing Left to lose can win the day. Make ten men feel like a hundred. <clears throat> oh, yes. That, oh. <laughs> I always see that on, or I used to always see that on Tumblr as, like, something dirty. <laughs> 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 Sorry to ruin the moment with thirst, but here we are. Anyway, where were we with Jen? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wanted to talk about, like, her last couple of moments. That that whole confrontation with Krennic. Oh, yeah. Um, like I was saying earlier, is a mirror. That's the word I couldn't remember. Of the confrontation with um, 
him and Lyra. And there's like this really this really cool like poetry it rhymes moments where Lyra tells Krennic, you'll never win. Galen tells Krennic, you'll never win. Jin tells Krennic, you've lost. Mm. And I think that's just really that's uh it's poetry it rhymes. Yeah. <laughs> and and I love the I'm the daughter of Galen and Lyra Erso. Because, I mean, Jin has spent the majority of her life having to deny who she is for safety reasons and also for reasons of, like, I'd like to think he's dead when asked about her dad because it's too painful. Yeah. She's had to abandon her identity because it's easier to do that than to think about the people who have abandoned her. Yeah. And she finally, at at her final hours, gets to reclaim who she is and, and finish the legacy that her family had started. She got the Death Star plans out to somebody so that eventually Luke Skywalker can, that Leia will get the Death Star plans and bring them and Luke will get them and blow up the Death Star. And it's all because of this woman and her amazing, amazing team. I have, I have, I have to chill right now. (laughs) So do I. Um, Fuck. I love that. Like, also you talked about earlier, um, I think kind of put a pin in it about how Lyra shoots Krennic. Mm. Yeah. And Jin. She shoots him in the shoulder and doesn't Jin shoot him in the shoulder too? Yeah. She does. Yeah. Poetry. I don't know why that that's right. I don't know why that moment like that sticks out to me so much. Just it it does. There's like random things in Star Wars that just stick out to me like crazy and I wanna talk about the elevator scene between her and mm. like after Krennic is left on the platform to die mm-hmm. by his own creation um mm-hmm. i poetic. <laughs> fucking love that scene so much yes. where they're just like looking at each other like wow we did it but also mm-hmm. we're fucked because the entire planet is like on lockdown yeah, <laughs> like they know it. I, I I think that's there's so much of that that's to the credit of Felicity Jones and Diego Luna of their they fucking act their face off. Yeah, in the elevator scene, like there's so much in that of we did it, we're fucked. Maybe like I love you. Yeah, like <laughs> you're my only friend in the whole yeah. galaxy. Like everybody else is dead. Welcome home. Not that they know that. Fuck. <clears throat> right. Fuck. Yeah. Oh my god. Can we talk about the space uncle? Her so <laughs> cute. Bees and cheer it like little sister. <laughs> oh my god. And my soft boy Bodhi. Bodhi. Oh my god. I love when Bodhi is talking to her about Galen on the ship. Like, about how Galen was, like, his inspiration to defect and how mm-hmm. he, like, just, you know, encouraged him to do the right thing. And even though Jin didn't, wasn't able to have that relationship with him, like, at least he, his influence, like, still got to her somehow. Like, through this other yeah. random person, because all is as the Force wills it. Oh. <laughs> I love this movie so much. I love this movie. I'm like I'm I've had okay, I've had emotion an emotional day to begin with just cuz you know my work is emotional and also like 
I don't know about you, but I also get very emotional on 9-11 and we're recording this on 9-11. Yeah. um, And then this movie just makes me emotional. And so, like, I feel like I'm going to cry right now. So So do I. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm also drinking. So that's my piece de resistance. Oh, my God. There's just, like, so much beauty in like Jen's character development and her relationships with Mm. other people on screen like oh my god the scene where like she's listening to Galen's message fucking Felicity Jones acts her face off in that scene I cry every fucking time I watch that god and like it's just and it's so it's shot beautifully too yeah in terms of being pieced together where I'm getting a little bit off of Jen and into the photography of Rogue One but <clears throat> the part of Galen's speech it gets to when I think about where you are and it pulls out to the Death Star coming right in above Jetta. I know. And it's just like, holy shit. And it's, I just and the place is like falling apart around her as she is mm-hmm. falling apart emotionally in this moment. Fuck. And she just doesn't care. She's just letting it go. Like she's just letting herself feel what she needs to feel. All the loss, all of the like destructive tendencies that she's been through like her most of her life like this relationship with the man that's standing right in front of her that's like presenting this information to her like also feeling for that I'm sure just so powerful I I want to (laughs) talk to the people who were all involved in Rogue One and be like did you know yeah did you know what you were doing what you were creating. <laughs> like, I understand that some people don't like rope. Um, those people are wrong, but I understand it. <laughs> um, and there are very, very, very legitimate criticisms on like how Saw and his partisans are portrayed. Yeah. Um that there's a lot to get into there. They're portrayed as Middle Eastern terrorists essentially exactly. on this like desert planet. Yeah, it's not great. Exactly. Right. And there's just um, a lot of like cultural appropriation as well. Yes. But at the same time, like there's I just I can't even begin to put to words how beautiful this movie and how meaningful this movie is to me. Also um, too, just when this came out, like Yeah, I was just gonna say right I always say that Rogue after, One happened to come out at the right time. Yeah. Right after the election and then like fucking Carrie Fisher died. Like yeah. oh my god. I remember I was watching it for the second time with one of my friends and my friend looked at his phone like right as the movie started. He's like, Carrie Fisher died or she's in the hospital or something. Uh, I think she's in the hospital. He's like, she had a heart attack and she's in the hospital. And we were like, oh my God. So we started watching the film with that on our hearts like <laughs> for the second time. And we were just like, at the very end, we're just like, motherfucker, please pull through. Please pull through. <laughs> like, yeah. and then she did. Uh, yeah. That was a very emotional few months. Ugh, um God. eventually we're gonna do a whole episode just on yeah we are we um have to very much so emotionally prepare ourselves for that though yeah um i have to say rogue one is the first star wars film that i bawled my eyes out yeah like i bawled my eyes out during the last jedi for probably some outside reasons with having to do with carrie but like mm-hmm. yeah dude like rogue one hit me in all the feels like yeah. i cried over a fucking robot like <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah like, no 
How could you? Climb! No! <laughs> K2! The emotional power behind this movie is just wild to me. Yeah. And like how a movie can, I don't know, after all this time, after all this time, I say this, in 2016 <laughs> was like a million years ago. Which it kind of feels like, like it. <laughs> when people tell me like next year is election season, I'm like, what? Huh? Already? What? <laughs> It's it's not 2017. So I'm still thinking it's 2010, so I'm very behind. <laughs> but, um, I feel like the 90s was like not even that long ago, and I realized like right? 20 years ago, and I'm like motherfucker, I'm old, right? <laughs> so or, like I'll get kids. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Someone posted something about the X Files being like 26 years old, and I was like, oh my god, <laughs> oh my god, who am I? <laughs> I had I had two existential crises when one. Day one was I had saw Billy D post about 9-11 and that it was 18 years ago. Yeah, that's crazy. What the fuck do you mean it was 18 years ago? And then, like, sometimes I'll look at, like, my kid's, like, year of birth and it'll be, I don't know. They like weren't even around. Yeah. Right. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. It'll be, like, 2005. I'm like, oh, they're, like. A five-year-old. No, no, they're a whole-ass, almost 15-year-old. Oh, don't even. <laughs> and I'm like, what? But yes, Rogue One um, <laughs> seems like it was so long ago, but it wasn't. But it just, it's just the emotional power that this movie brings with it. And obviously, it's still affecting us right now. Otherwise, we'd be talking for hours about how much this movie means to us and how much this one character means to us. Because I feel like we could sit and go through every single character in Rogue One and have an equally long episode. Oh, for sure. Um, I'm really excited for the Cassian show because yeah. I already have a lot to say about Cassian and I can't wait more to say because yeah. I fuck that man so much. There's mm. He's one of the best characters ever written in Star Wars, I think. Really? He is. I really, really 100% just, believe that. Also, to just bring up the deep stuff, but also porn, one of the sexiest men. Oh yeah, <laughs> in Star Wars, and he has a like fucking when, accent, a Mexican oh, accent, which is hot. <laughs> when he says "light it up," oh, Ooh, baby, <laughs> you can yes. light me up anytime. <laughs> yes, sir, light it up. <laughs> Ooh, and he's in, yeah, and he's in the uniform, and oh boy, and he has facial hair, like oh, oh. excellent. Diego Luna, yes, we get more of you. I'm so excited. Right. <laughs> um, I think we already kind of talked about this, but people don't like Jen and they're dumb. Just, yep. But they're, just, they're stupid. Yeah, I get. I understand. I acknowledge and I understand the complaints about like the writing because yeah, she yes. was written by men. So I oh, can you imagine if she was written by a woman? Hot damn. Oh fuck. <laughs> <laughs> like. <laughs> oh. Um, when they reboot, like, no, when they reboot Star Wars with an all-women writing team, like I cannot wait. I have to be alive for that. Please let this happen, right? Please. <laughs> no, but I was gonna say, like, this is also why uh, we're gonna talk about fanfic again. Like oh. the majority of the fanfic that I read of like Rogue One, everybody lives, nobody dies, is written by women, yeah. and so it's fucking incredible to have a woman write Jin and get her, yeah, implicitly. Which I should I should post like a master list 
of all of my Star Wars Star Wars fic recommendations. Yeah, please do. I should like, do that. I'll work on that. Yeah, do it. I can't believe all these women are just doing this freely. Right? <laughs> it just blows my mind. <laughs> and it, like like I was saying, I was either like last time's episode or the time before that where I talked about the Bodhi fic that's yeah. 105 chapters. Yeah. And she's a graduate student yeah. and blows she's writing it all for free. <laughs> blows my mind. Fanfic writers, you are the real MVP. I won't even write an email after five o'clock. <laughs> like, I wish I had that luxury. <laughs> like five o'clock. Nope, no more emails. Got to wait till nine. <laughs> uh, to work a nine to five. Um, I don't really work a nine to five. Right. I was gonna say uh, my schedule is all over the place, but I do set some boundaries because otherwise I would be working. And that's not healthy because capitalism mm. is not the friend that we think it is. No. Should we wrap up this episode? I guess. <laughs> <laughs> we are doing a giveaway in honor of our 20, I almost said 20th anniversary, 20th episode. Oh, we've been together for so long. <laughs> that will come up in a moment. <laughs> we, have a oh, yeah. ship, we have a ship name. we love you listeners um so we're doing a giveaway in honor of our 20th episode so we have one copy of black spire by delilah s dawson like we said before and one copy of a crash of fate by zoraida cordova um this is what you have to do to win possibly win leave a five-star review screenshot it and dm it or email it to us with your twitter handle um and when you put it in your email, put it in the message because obviously we need to know who you are. <laughs> like, don't just send mm-hmm. it with your email. Um, mm-hmm. And um, if you've already left a review in the past and you want to be entered into this giveaway, screenshot your review from before, DM it or email it to us with your Twitter handle, and you will be included in um, in this um, in this giveaway. Cool. Um, and then we're going to announce the winners on our next episode. So essentially you have two weeks. Um, you have until September 23rd at 6 p.m. Central Time to send us your reviews, your emails, and your screenshots. And mm-hmm. um, we will choose at random who wins each copy. So um, and then to thank you all so much for being amazing and to support mm-hmm. some female authors in the Star Wars universe. Bless Del Rey for group of people writing Star Wars novels and Sarita mm-hmm. Cordova is fucking amazing so mm-hmm. I just wanted to buy her book anyway um, <laughs> and I swear these are new copies and I haven't read them yet they're just they've been sitting on my desk yeah. I swear <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh and you also get some lousy beautiful sounds town wow I know the name <laughs> of the podcast lousy beautiful town stickers that I need to send to Jess I'm looking at them right now Send them to me. And I need need to send them to Jess. Um, this is off topic, but on my other podcast, I keep forgetting to plug this podcast, even though there's like fandom crossover with our listeners. And yeah, what the fuck? I forgot what our Twitter handle was. Wow, <laughs> it's like the easiest Twitter handle ever. I was like LB LBT Pod, lousy beautiful pod. I was oh my god, I was I a would, hot mess. <laughs> I, I was. I was okay. This is again off topic. I was skyping with Lynn and Emma of Sapphic Skywalkers the other night. Uh, I think it was like last Friday night, and they're like, "I keep wanting to call you guys LGBT Pod." <laughs> <laughs> I 
was like, sort of, but I'm the only part of that. Yeah. <laughs> Jess is unfortunately straight. I am the token straight. Um, before we close out, we have reviews, which you Yay. have been designated to read. Yes. <laughs> so, yep. Anyway. So we have two new five-star reviews from our listeners. So this first review is from, wow, Sam, wow. Uh, <laughs> I could say it like Owen Wilson. Wow, Sam, wow. Uh, the title of this review was, This Pod is a Treasure. I started listening to Lousy Beautiful Town Pod this past summer after seeing it under the hashtag Star Wars Matters. And wow, I was stunned at how much I love this pod. As a queer Latina Star Wars fan, I've always wanted the rep within this beautiful franchise I love. Somehow, Lousy Beautiful Town Pod just gets exactly how I feel. This content seems to be catered exactly to my interests, and I can't wait to hear more. I'll be going to my first celebration next year in Anaheim, and I'm really hoping Lousy Beautiful Town will be there for another wonderful hashtag Star Wars Rep Matters panel. This pod is a treasure. It must be protected at all costs. <laughs> well, Thank I don't know about Sam. the panel, but we will definitely be there, yes. the two of us. <laughs> yes. And also, I hope if if there's a panel again, I hope you're going to be on it. But I will be lovingly supporting from the audience because something that was really fucking cool about this past celebration Star Wars Rep Matters panel is there was not a white person on that stage. So yeah, that's true. Yeah, and I would Maya and I are both half white. So yeah, there was one white person. <laughs> Damn it, Jess. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. The anyway, <laughs> the next review is from Mariana. Her title of this review is I Heart Jabby. Oh. We have officially gotten a ship name. <laughs> we somebody write somebody write the fic. <laughs> Anyways, Mariana says, what I love about Jess and Abby is that they don't just put their fists through things that piss them off. They are also extremely intelligent and well-spoken ladies who know when and how to have fun. If you want to listen to interesting conversations about Star Wars mixed with social political commentary and a pinch of silliness, this is your podcast. I feel like there's a little bit more than a pinch of silliness in this episode. (laughs) (laughs) We're a little out of control. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> no, bitch. <laughs> oh, thank you, Mariana. And wow, mm. Sam, wow. Um, I love when wow. you read these because I just like have my ego inflated that much more right? about how I we are. constantly crave external validation. <laughs> it's something my therapist has called me out on multiple times it's something i'm not currently in the stage of change to fix so continue <laughs> sending me your external validation this is why our giveaway is like centered around five-star reviews we just <laughs> want you to write more of them because we <laughs> and we just need yes. it <laughs> yes 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 oh, on that note where can the good people find you on the interwebs you can tell me all about how much you love me at Abby M. Cecilia. Shut the fuck up. No, bitch. <laughs> I 
and you can find me at Space Jess with four S's in the jazz, being ridiculous as usual. I've said some weird shit on Twitter lately. Um, I don't even. You know. said some very poignant shit on Twitter lately, which we're I think we're going to talk about in our next episode too. Oh yes, we are. Stay tuned Woo! for a topic on forgiveness and redemption. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to get down and dirty with that. Um, yeah, we are. You can find Lazy Beautiful Town on Twitter at LBT Pod. Correct. Yes. Okay. <laughs> just like that. Project Tahiti more. It's fine. I've just recorded more episodes of Project Tahiti, like in all. So like the um the script just flows from my mouth. And I don't know. You didn't write down the outro. I didn't think I needed to fucking write down <laughs> so I'm where confused. our Twitter can be found. I didn't think I needed what your Twitter handle is, but apparently I need to do these things. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. No, bitch. <laughs> you can find or you can email us at lazybeautifultownpod at gmail.com. Us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify. And if you're a browser <laughs> listener, you can listen to Podbean. Thank you all for listening to this fucking mess. Shut the fuck up. No, bitch. <laughs>